Your local breakfast show. Nick and Josh for breakfast. Triple M. What's got you down? Wow, is, that, is, it a, is it a seated concert? Would you like to can you talk at the microphone, perhaps? I'm just watching the Today Show right at the moment, at time of recording, and they've got a aerial shot of the MCG, uh, obviously for the Taylor Swift concert, and it looks like all of it, it, the entire thing is seated. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I guess... The, oh, it's all seated all the way up until they've got a catwalk with oh, an island. I suppose you can... It looks like a good a bit of room between the rows of seats. It's probably like... No one's going to be sitting <laughs> sitting down. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I'm surprised they don't have a mosh of some sort. I thought... That's what I thought. I thought around the catwalk and the, and the island there, they'd just have kind of a free area where they just jam as many people in as possible. But uh, no, apparently not. Huh. It is a massive operation. Isn't it? We are, yeah, Taylor Swift in town for, is she only, she's doing what, like two shows in I Melbourne? I think tonight and tomorrow night, and then she's out. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, good on Taylor. She's making money. Oh, she'd be making a lot of money. She'd be making, she, you would imagine m- millions per show, right? Like, I reckon she, uh, over this tour, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets close to maybe the... Two or three hundred million dollar mark, like of, of personal return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. They say that the Taylor Swift effect. She, uh, she can cripple. She can make or break your economy. Yes, and I also read uh, an article saying she could make or break the twenty twenty four election. Oh, because if she she supports one side or the other, if she if she like verbally and publicly comes out for one uh, candidate, parties, yeah. You know, a third, at least a third of America don't really vote or they don't really care. Mm. So if they look at who she's voting for and then they vote for that person because Taylor's voting for it, it could swing the... Trump will be like, you know, Taylor, I love her music, but she rigged the election. Do you think, you know, this would be a very good move from Trump, yeah. is if he came out as a Swifty. I love Swifties. <laughs> Swifties love me. I uh, shake it off all the time, and I feel like I am the anti-hero. And there is no bad blood between me and Biden, although there's a lot of bad blood in Biden. He's got a lot of diseases. His mind's going. <laughs> yeah. It would be because, realistically, she's probably not going to like outright say, hey, I love Biden or I love Trump. Well, it would be embar- I think it would be embarrassing if she said, I love Biden or Trump, because Biden's They're both senile <laughs> and, and Trump's insane. So yeah, yeah. I don't know what the best, uh, be- the best course of action is. By the way, it used to make beer brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer in this yeah. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why <laughs> Ooh, Earth Rider, thanks oh, to the Great Lakes. I have no idea what he just said then. Yeah, but, you know. I think he was singing along to Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't yeah. know all of her songs. I think, that, I think that's the She mentions Earth song. Rider in one of them. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm feeling 22. Good move from one of the political parties to yeah. get on board with it. Um, yeah. If we haven't mentioned it already, this is the, uh, the Nick and Josh podcast. It's exclusive bits, a bit of extra stuff for you. Um, at this point, Taylor Swift has taken over every asset of... Here's a, here's a movie idea for you. It's yeah. um it's Terminator. It's a new sequel to Terminator, but instead of Skynet, it's Taylor Swift just taking over the world. Which we're and you living. and the main character is Scooter Braun. <laughs> and you've got <laughs> who would have thought Scooter Braun was going to come around and be the good guy? <laughs> who would have thunk it? For those who are new to the 
I don't know, the Taylor Swift stuff, Scooter Braun. Is he, what would you call him? He's like a music executive He's of some a, sort? Yeah, music manager, a music executive. Owns all the Record rights, label owner. Record label guy. Owns all the rights to Taylor Swift's. Original recordings. Yeah, so that's why she had to come out and go and re-record a bunch of her stuff. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure was time consuming. Also, very, like, in my mind, massive loophole. Like, if Scooter Braun buys a catalogue of music for $300 million, but there's a loophole in there that the artist can just re-release yeah. re it, I'd go, hang on a sec, can we Why? just close that up before I spend $300 yeah. million on it? I don't, because I don't necessarily, because I think he's not a good guy, supposedly. No, nah, but he's a bit of a dick, apparently. Yes, but... I also don't understand how business works. Because, yeah, I go, why would you not? Like, what, what stops me from making Nick's version of a Taylor Swift song? Aside from talent. No, like, that's re- just, that's it. It's I talent. Realistic, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, that's a bit of fun then, isn't it? It's a bit of fun. <laughs> um, also is what's up on the screen at the moment. This is just us commenting as we watch Today Extra <laughs> post the Friday morning show. Um, <sighs> Sydney Sweeney. Sorry. Did I say that? <laughs> uh, well, it's, is this, this Met, Met Gala. Gala? Yeah. Is that on right now? No. The the dress code has been announced. The Garden of Time. The Garden of Time. If you were going to the Met Gala and the, the theme was Garden of Time, what would you... I'd wear nothing, but I'd have an aesthetic bush. <laughs> and a watch. <laughs> strapped around. I'd have an aesthetic bush over... Meat and veg, mm. and then like a giant watch that maybe stretches all the way up my forearm because that's kind of artsy. Yeah, okay. I would, how about this? I would wait, what's your tattoo? You've got a tattoo, it's a rose. Of a rose. That's okay. a rose. So you've got the garden theme already. Yeah, it's pretty good. I would, um, I would wear, I'd make my head into a clock, and then I'd also do the aesthetic bush. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Aesthetic bush. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd get. I'd probably. I'd get. I'd have to get like plugs because I don't think it's big enough. Where the 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 hair. The, the, oh, the, 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 the bush for the trimming. I think. Okay. I think it would need to be big enough to hide things. Yeah, yeah. That's that's true. Um, the reason why I think they're talking about obviously the, the fashion of uh, the celebrity world is because they've just been the 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 premiere for Dune two. Yes. The um, the the sequel to La- year before last, the original Dune movie with Timothy. Um, Salamander <laughs> and uh, Zendaya and uh, everyone was talking about Zendaya the actress's uh, outfit for the movie it looks like she dressed up as C-3PO yes. from Star Wars um, <laughs> which seems she literally did it's, it's interesting because you know a lot of the time I understand well I don't I don't I wouldn't say I exactly understand it but the fashion world for that level of celebrity when you go to these events it's you know it's it's a bit outlandish it's a bit different yes but, but that one is just it does look like she's wearing a costume like it looks like she's wearing she's a robot yeah she's dressed up as like a knight which sure you know do you think cuz you know I look back at photos of me from high school and stuff and I go you look like an idiot do you think that celebrities do that for their red carpet looks? Do you I think, think Zendaya, they will in 10 or 15 years. Do you think Zendaya will go, why did I dress up as C-3PO? I think they will in 10 or 15 years. I think fashion is going to do what everything, what all trends do, and it's going to come back in a cycle. What do you think is the next fashion trend in that case? I reckon I reckon eventually, I don't know what the, exactly the next one will, but I think the next fashion trend and fashion as a whole will go back to... Caveman. Uh, wearing a lot of, yeah. A lot more pelts. Just bushes over everyone. Bu- <laughs> the Adam and Eve. The Adam and Eve. Give me a fig leaf. <laughs> I'm going to need probably a, a, 
a bigger leaf than that. I'm going to need a smaller leaf. I know who I am. <laughs> I'm an average man. I'm not out here to pretend. Undersell, and then when people see, you Over deliver. Okay. Undersell, over deliver. Yeah. Well, I reckon it'll just go back to like uh, normal, uh, like kind of a, the t- a take on a suit or a take on like something. A little bit different. I just think it'll it'll maybe tone down a little bit, but then ramp back up Sorry, again. I'm getting a call from a random number in Shepparton. <gasps> Who is it? I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's that's interesting. This is live podcasting at its finest. It just says Shepparton. Um, if I read the number, Answer do you think it. you would know? I've, it's already missed. I already missed it. Missed opportunity. Um, should I call them back on the podcast? Let's <laughs> see what this is. Hang on. This might be. This could be something. I don't know. We'll find out. If you're calling Ken Muston Automotive, please note your call may be recorded. Oh, no. So, Ken Muston Automotive? You getting your car done? Your backlight, maybe? Ken Muston Automotive. Ken Muston's here. Is that is that Jeep? I think so. Oh, that'd be great. If they've they, got, have your, do they have your part in? They might have my part for my car. Oh, oh that's great news to end the week. Uh, as we've, I think it's been addressed on the show quite a bit and possibly in the podcast, but yeah, yeah, I've been missing part of my car. I haven't been able to turn left for... To be completely honest, it's been like that for about four months. So it's really nice to get this sorted out. Oh, you'll my, feel whole again. My biggest fear is that my biggest fear is that it's not a light globe issue because apparently the globe oh. wasn't didn't exist in the country and they've just ordered it in for me. Um, so stoked if that's the case. But if it's an electrical issue, we're back to back to the drawing board. But mm. that's great news. I assuming that's what they've called me. Well, they're either like, yes, we've got it, or none of them exist in the world. Yeah. Get my a new car, car. My car's not that old, though. It's a, it's a 2014. Th- it just, yeah. It's so strange to not have some existing stock or to have the ability to make it. I feel like you should you should be allowed to make something. They should have to make something if it's been built in the last 10 years at least. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to leave my car on the side of the road somewhere. Yeah, well, good luck to you. Hopefully it is the light. Yeah, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground in this podcast. A lot of ground. <laughs> I, can we are, we... are we able to wrap up? Because I'm... I need to go to the men's room. Yep, that's fine. Uh, and I've got to get in contact with, uh, see if I've got my car part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, enjoy the podcast, everyone. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, we'll catch you next week for another inst- installment of uh, the Nick and Josh podcast. Bye. Bye. Nick and Josh for breakfast. Triple M. You want the latest in movies and on-demand entertainment? You talking to me? Actually, no. This is just the intro. I don't know how to put this, but kind of a big deal. Movies with Shane A on Triple M. And action. This man spends most of his life sitting in those cold, dark rooms so that you can know what movies to go and see. Shane A, good morning, sir. Hello there. Yeah, sometimes you're right. They are very cold. (laughs) They crank the air conditioning up. Shane, uh, this week, it got an early release for Valentine's Day. Bob Marley, One Love. I've seen the trailer. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, I'm glad you are. I mean, a lot of people are. Bob Marley is such an icon in in the world of music, but I've got to admit that I've never been a big fan of reggae music in general. It just hasn't, not my style. But Bob Marley, obviously, is is one of the greatest uh, living, or was living, that did it. And he is just an icon in his own way that this movie follows his journey rather than his his, uh, success. It goes from way back from when he first started and to when he was young, he got abandoned, and the uh, adversity that he overcame to get where he was musically, it took him some time, but he just became loved by everybody who loves that style of music all around the world. And, I mean, he was a humanitarian as well, so they cover that. He, he did a lot of good for different people, used his success for the benefit of others. 
Uh, it sounds like an interesting one. Um, uh, and another one that I've heard like mixed reviews about, I'm not sure whether this is going to go, whether it's going to flop or go gangbusters, <laughs> is Madam Webb. What do we think about this? It's going to flop, that's for sure. <laughs> it's going to flop now. I'm not, I didn't dislike it as much as I disliked Argyle, which I thought was a waste of, uh, of time and money. Um, Madam Web is a Marvel film, and it's, pardon the pun, but a spin-off from uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. And although Spider-Man is referenced, uh, it is very different to a Spider-Man film. It's set in the 90s, starring Dakota Johnson as a paramedic, uh, running around New York, but she has a clairvoyant power, uh, she can see into the future and she uses it as sort of a, a superhero power because there's an evil force that comes into the city and yeah straight off the comic book page well i didn't dislike it that much but it is a little confusing if you're worried about plot line uh it's incoherent it's still entertaining i thought it was still entertaining it's a good I just quality don't think to have as a plot line incoherent <laughs> that's the best thing you can say about it i think after about half an hour i stopped trying to figure out what was happening because yeah. i was just like letting it fall across my eyes and be entertained by it instead of following this plot line all right Shane, give us something to look give us something to uh watch that we are going to enjoy perhaps a classic that we know is uh guaranteed to be something we can follow along. Yeah, well, in uh, February 1994, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, was released. Uh, and Jim Carrey was on a roll because the same year, 94, The Mask and Dumb and Dumber were all released back-to-back oh, -back pretty much. Classic. That's a massive year. Yeah. I know. Well, he went from obscurity because he was on a bit of TV uh, in the US. He was in some small roles in movies before Ace Ventura, but Ace Ventura really kicked off his career, obviously. The Mask and Dumb and Dumber. I think The Mask is probably my favourite out of the three, but Ace Ventura, mm. yeah, February 94th, 30th anniversary as we speak beautiful something classic yeah. to catch up on and something to avoid and something that might sort of sit somewhere in between depending on your thoughts on reggae <laughs> yeah. um i'm keen i'm keen for one love i have no idea about bob marley's story it's going to be keen to catch up on an well, icon exactly neither, neither was i so i it was eye-opening but i learned a few things and it really made me respect him as an artist and if you love the music the soundtrack is full of great tunes Awesome stuff, Shane. Hey, thanks for your time, mate. Have a good one. Triple M, Nick and Josh for breakfast. 2024 is set to be a major year, massive year for acts coming to the Golden Valley and especially at Riverlinks. Saturday, this Saturday, the 17th of February, we see Cosentino return with his greatest hits tour, Decennium. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, introducing him on the show, Cosentino, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, oh. did I say that right? Decennium? You did. Yeah. You did, which is Latin for decade. So it's a decade. Oh. It's a celebration of 10 years. Yes. Ooh. And across that 10 years, you've, you've done quite a bit, Cosentino. Um, we've been reading like the bio and multiple Merlin Awards, which are obviously quite prestigious in the, uh, obviously the performance in the magic community, I imagine. What is the criteria for winning such an award? <laughs> A bunch of wizards get together with their hats on and they 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 wave their wands around. Um, you know, it's voted by peers. It comes out of New York City and um, there's a panel and they basically go around the world, look around the world for different acts and um, you can be, your peers can basically put you in there or you can put yourself into it. Mm. And then there's a voting criteria and that's basically how it all comes about so but there's some big names the last person to have won it just recently like a day ago was uh chris angel so it's a wow. pretty big um yeah yeah well what it really means for us here in australia is it's um 
it's putting you on a level with the international acts. And I think that's what's really important for us to understand. In Australia, we very often look abroad and we think, you know, oh my God, all the international acts. But it's good to, it's good to realize that we have so many talented actors and singers, and dancers, and of course, magicians. So that's what that really, that's what that means for me. I'm uh, curious to hear International Magician of the Year and also mm. International Escape Artist of the Year. Like you said, these have been won by uh, Chris Angel, Penn and Teller, David Copperfield. Have you met any of these people and what what's the conversation like? What do you ask them? Hey, are you trying to glean ideas for new tricks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've met I've met all of them actually and I've worked with a number of them too. In mm. actual fact, uh, no, sometimes it's, this is the other thing I was trying to get at. Um yeah, I, I've been flown over to write material for them. Oh, wow. So wow. It's, kind of the, it's kind of the opposite. We tend to think that we're going there to get their material, but it's not necessarily. It's not necessarily sometimes it can be the opposite way around. And um, so uh, I was, it was a while ago. It was 2014 when I was there and I was writing material. So, um, yeah, it, it, but uh, it's an interesting conversation because we can talk in code and we can still understand exactly what each person is saying and, and what they're referencing because uh, it's pretty, even around the world, it's a pretty tight kind of community. Is it because you obviously, everyone's got, it seems, their different style. Mm. Like, you know, when I think of Chris Angel, I think of him pulling the coin out of his wrist and those sort of, that yes. sort of body stuff. <laughs> but from magician to magician, when you start out, because, you know, you are celebrating a decade, a very successful decade, obviously. Um when you first get going, do you pick a lane or like whether you're going to go down or do you sort of find like you, your way along? Uh, it's a little bit of both, but you, you, most people start out with uh, close-up magic. So doing magic that in close quarters, kind mm. of card tricks, coin tricks, um, maybe things with rubber bands, the things that you can kind of carry on you. I didn't start that way. I started out on stage because all my heroes were Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire, Michael Jackson, Prince, Madonna. I grew up in that era where everything was very big and flamboyant wow. and it was all about performance. So I grew up actually performing on stage um, and then transitioning into doing the close-up. So, uh, yeah, I, but usually people pick a lane and most people go down the close-up route because the stage route, requires other skills in my show there's dance there's this costuming there's lighting it's quite complicated to so you need that kind of theatricality that ability to be able to do that um a lot of magicians say well close-up magic is the hardest magic to do obviously from a dexterity point of view but in terms of performance stage magic most magicians now would agree stage magic is the hardest because it requires other disciplines that need to be as equal as the magic for it to be i guess entertaining yeah, so are we uh, 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 kind of touching on what you just said there? We're going to see a bit of a mixture of of stuff for your show on the seventeenth. Yeah, combines the grand illusion, so people appearing and disappearing, and levitating, then the close up slide of hand magic projected onto screen, and the death-defying escapes. Where you, if you've seen any of my specials, where I get put in these kind of crazy positions. In this particular show, my head's in a perspex box and. 18 kitchen knives are dangling above my head and I've got to get out in time. So it's, it's all, yeah, it combines a lot of different stuff. And they're real knives and it's real locks and real chains and, you know what, real insurance attached. What's, what I was going to say, what's the, what's the paperwork from a workplace yeah. health and what safety standpoint? Like? Yeah. yeah, it's just, this is the thing. And then people say, well, are, you know, are they real handcuffs? Are, you know, is it, real, is it real knives? Let me tell you, it's all real and it's real insurance. Trust me. You know, can you imagine me like doing an underwater escape and not really holding my breath, but I'm paying the insurance for it. Like, it's just silly. It's, 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 it's all a bit backwards. I mean, I mean, maybe it's clever. Maybe that's a good illusion, I guess, in some way. But no, 
it's all genuine, it's all real, and it's um, it's the same way that someone skydives. They jump out of an aeroplane with a parachute, and they don't intend to for anything to go wrong, um, but they want to jump out of the plane higher. They want to pull the parachute as late as possible, so they keep pushing the limits, and that's the same thing as what we're doing here now. Because with that being said, uh, yeah. you know, obviously wanting to push the limits when you're planning and looking at new tricks and new bits to add to your show mm-hmm. is there ever a conversation had where they go hey mate that's probably a bit much we're not covering it <laughs> i don't know i don't know if yep. we can fit that many sharks in there you know yes yeah yeah it happens it actually does and 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 all what happens is we're working on a particular piece uh for a few months at a time and it's it's too dangerous and, and just it's not you can't do it um every night for example so it might just be a one-off for a tv special or um, like I said, you, 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 it's a calculated risk, so it might just be, no, nah, it's too it, it, it's too risky at this stage. You can't, you know, maybe I can't hold my breath as long as I really want to or whatever it may be. So, yeah, we have to then kind of pull it from the show. Absolutely. Yeah, well, look, we're very much looking forward to seeing you here. Riverlinks, Saturday, the 17th of February. That's this weekend. Cosentino, we very much appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Cannot wait to see you, everyone at the show, actually. Nick and Josh for breakfast. Triple M. What did you walk out of? Apparently this new movie, Madam Web, which we've had our movie guy Shane Aon to talk about recently, is quite awful, Josh, causing people last night when it hit cinemas to walk out. A movie's got to be pretty bad to walk out of the cinema because uh, you're paying however much it's not yeah. che- it's not cheap to go to the movies no and uh, it's gonna be pretty bad i don't think i've really ever come close to walking out of the movies for that reason like you know when i was at high school if i ever went i'd be like well that's my hard-earned money from working at pizza hut yep i couldn't afford that's that, that ticket is effectively two to three hours work yeah so i'm gonna sit here and in fact they're gonna have to ask me to leave is how long i'm gonna stay in the cinema <laughs> regardless of how bad the movie is eat all the popcorn off the ground i had when i was playing under um under 18's cricket Back um back uh in high school, uh, we had you know how like at the end of the over you know you, you switch over and you you walk to the other end and you change sides of the pitch. We had a bloke who uh he was he was a decent ish bowler but he was a bit of an uh, frankly a bit of an a hole like right. sort of didn't get along well with everyone. And uh, he was like, oh give me a bowl, give me a bowl, and they're like, mate, no, you're not you're not the opening bowler, whatever, whatever. And so as we were swapping ends from pitch from one side to the other, he just kept walking. <laughs> I just, he just left. He walked out of the game. He just, we're like, hey, I think his name was AJ. We're like, AJ, where you going? And he just didn't turn around. <laughs> just walked off. And we never saw AJ again. Oh, well, we're wanting, we're, I mean, if you've got any stories like that, let us know. one three hundred nine two five triple six. The rumour is that AJ is still walking through the bush. <laughs> still, still out there in his dirty cricket whites. No, yeah. they're pretty clean. Didn't do much out in the field, so very tidy white. Uh, give us a buzz. We've got Lachlan from Arupna who's given us a call. Mate, uh, what was so bad that you walked out of? This one wasn't me, but it was um, back when I was working in hospitality. I was training this... Uh, this person up let's call her let's call her sarah in case she's listening she's probably not but um so i was training her up and it was going really great she was friendly and good with the staff and picking up things really quick mm. and i was like all right um do you want to go take your break right now and she goes yeah sure so you know she went take took a half hour break and uh, she never came back <laughs> <laughs> she walked uh, out of the job out of the restaurant and uh just wow okay on her first day as well. Did, and you, like we, did you ever see Sarah again? 
No, we didn't. And the funny thing was, you know, when she went on her break and all of the bar staff were like singing her praises, going, she's really good. She's going to be a great oh. part of the team. You know, she's, you know, best person we've had in a while. And then clearly she didn't think that about us. Well, yeah, obviously, she, guys, uh, not, a, not a stellar review for the both of you. Um, when someone walks out of their job like that, Locke, do you, do you give them a phone call or do you just sort of agree to mutually part ways? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I went and told management about it, and then I, I they, it's funny, because they said that they were going to chase it up, and then they never told us what happened. Mm. So I've got a successful feeling, chase. Probably yeah. didn't answer the phone call. <laughs> she, she outran them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Sarah, if you're out there listening, hopefully you found a better job, and, uh, you know... <laughs> She's still walking. <laughs> still going. Thank, <laughs> thanks for the call, Locke. Oh, good guys. Triple M, Nick and Josh for breakfast. February 16th uh, to 18th, the Riverboats Music Festival is happening out of the Tuca. One of the highlights of the festival, I'm sure, is going to be Peter Garrett and the Alter Egos. And the man himself joins us on the phone. Good morning, Peter Garrett. Morning, Nick. Morning, Josh. Morning, Josh. Morning, Nick. <laughs> appreciate you joining us. Now, before we launch in and chat, uh, Riverboats, Peter, we do have... Off air, Josh and I have been working through a scientific theory, which is that uh, when you're talking to someone on the phone, as we do here on the radio, um, you don't see them, obviously, but we reckon you can hear if someone has a shaved head. And we think as uh, Australia's probably most famously uh, hairless man, we wanted to know for the end of the interview, one of us, uh, we believe, is your doppelganger. If at the end of our chat, if you could tell us which one you think that is, just to sort of test the theory, is that something we could possibly do with you? So you, you warned me off air that you were going to start with a silly, dumb question, guys, and you've outdone yourselves, really. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, you so, really have. You've, you've cracked a record this week, but I'm going to say Josh, so there you go. Oh, okay. Oh, Interesting. He's well, gone straight in. We'll see if you want to double down at the back end, okay? okay. Um, look, we'll, right, yeah. we are here to talk riverboats, of course, uh, not just uh, possible hairlines that might be here within the studio. Um, we are excited to see you out here, mate. Echuka, uh, you've toured a bunch over the years. Are you familiar with the Echuca Moama crowd? Yeah, look, I think the Oz might have played um, up there some years ago, Moama, I suspect it was, and I did Wang pretty recently, which is just up the road. Uh, it's it's a part of the world that loves its Aussie rock music, and, uh, you know, actually, audiences are more important than ever for Australian musicians because it's so hard for people to get a run on Spotify, etc., so, yeah, it'll be lively. Um, I'm guessing lots of people coming out. And, you know, Dead Set Seriously, really looking forward to it. Now, um, you mentioned there uh, Midnight Oil. You've been touring with them a lot as well. You uh, During this tour for the Riverboats Festival, you're touring with the Alter Egos. Is there, like, a different... Is, do you, is there a difference between touring with the Oils and the Alter Egos? Is there a different vibe? Is there, you know, do different things happen? What's the What do you think about that? Uh, look, very different in some ways and the same, same in others. So, uh, as some people would know, you know, the Oils, a big band, um, very strong playing, very strong players, and obviously a big history of, uh, of songs over the years. So we've always got, um, you know, much kind of stuff to chew on and, and many, many things to play. Mm. And there's a history between, uh, us and our audience and fans that goes back a long time. So it's kind of, you know, it's got a bit of the sacred uh, dimension to it when the oils play, but it's also got the wildness that comes when we rev up. The oils is a bit different. It's um, a little bit more open and, you know, mainly my songs, which is nice. I'll throw a couple of oils ones in that I love. Mm. 
And I think just having some younger players on stage, having people that you're not quite sure where they're going to go with things means that it's got a nice edge to it. But look, love playing with both bands and very, very happy to be out. There's just no question about that. Actually, at this stage of the game, boys, um, every breath you take is a good one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's probably, yeah. It's, I imagine it is probably quite refreshing to have uh, a bit of both in the mix. Now, you are obviously, you're out here, Riverboats, 16th, 18th, and you can catch um, Peter Garrett, of course, and the uh, the Alter Egos on the 17th on the Saturday. Plenty of great artists out there. You've got Regurgitator, Casey Chambers, amongst many others. What What is it like? Because he said it's a very important music scene, and as we've had some difficult years for live music in Australia in recent years, is it just a really high-energy environment backstage when you get to hang out with all these other Aussie artists and you get to have these incredible shows with, like you said, really passionate fans who love their rock music? It's so special, you know. Um, it, it's one of the things that in my working life I think I've really come to love, which is just checking in with people, uh, seeing what they're up to. Some people we know, some we might not know that well. And you're right, it's a really strong build. It's going to be a heap of fun. But I think the other thing is that yeah, I've been very lucky to have been in a band that's had big audiences for many years. I love what I'm doing. I seem to have a, you know, a really big charge of energy to keep on doing songs and going out there to play. And I've just made a record that I feel very good about. But I'm very aware that particularly for younger artists, and especially as you guys have just said, you know, coming through COVID, hasn't been an easy road for people. And if you look at the ARIA Top 100, yeah. uh, sort of, which is the old-fashioned chart, if you like, with a bit of digital in it, there's hardly any Australian acts that are ever on it, you know. So the only thing that's really keeping us alive on keeping the Australian music industry alive, apart from some really big artists that get away, is playing to people. That's what we love to do. Mm. Uh, and we're sharing ourselves, we're sharing our stories, and um, it's special. We can catch a bit of that special energy there, of course, at Riverboats Music Festival, Uchuka Moama, Yorta Yorta Country. This weekend, Feb 16 through to 18, tickets available at riverboatsmusic.com.au. Peter, before we let you go, do you want to double down on Josh as the man without hair? Oh, look, I'm going to let that one go, actually, because I have no way of knowing. Okay, just for your own edification, it was myself, right. Nick, and uh, we'll have to take that one back to the lab. Thanks for your time, Peter. See you guys. All the best. Live and local, Nick and Josh for breakfast.